0: Listening to The Morning Bliss with Patricia Mandula.
1: Service Delivery Watch on The Morning
0: Bliss. service delivery watch this morning we are joined by Honourable Steve Swart who is a member of the African Christian Democratic Party ACDP we are talking lack of service delivery and solutions from their viewpoint and um, if you would like to join in on this conversation, ask questions um, or even uh, pose your views, it's on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. that's our WhatsApp number or you can call in. Interest you on 86 A very good morning, Honorable uh, Swart. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Yes, good morning, Patricia, and good morning to your listeners.
0: When we speak service delivery and I hear someone say there are solutions, I jump for joy. But it's only a track record that makes me comfortable after jumping for joy. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. we are not as fit as we were when we were much younger. So, Talk to me about how you believe we can address the current energy crisis in South Africa. You were part of the energy plan at some point. Um, the ACDP has been very active in, in uh, you know, uh, political spheres addressing the energy crisis.
1: Well, thank you, Patricia. Yes, as you pointed out, I was part of the ESCOM Parliamentary Oversight that delved deep into the issues of state capture and corruption. My background is that of a lawyer, and I've served many years. I'm the longest serving member on the Justice Committee. I'm very grateful for that. And we thought that we'd got to the bottom of the issues at ESCOM when we exposed the state capture and the billions of rands that the Gupta stole during the Zuma administration. However, just when we thought that it was coming to an end, we're now faced with even more alarming allegations of corruption at the utility. And so, part of the solution, firstly, to the load shedding issue, which affects every South African and impacts on service delivery, is of course to address the criminality that is taking place at ESCOM. Interestingly enough, Mr. Director understand is appearing I think today or tomorrow before Scopa at Parliament where he will further expand on some of the revelations that he made just before his resignation and it's a particular interest for me because from my perspective in the Justice Portfolio Committee I've been saying continually if we can address the corruption and the criminality at ESCOM it will go a long way to first address ESCOM's financial position, its structures, it will, um, it will, it will reduce the, the costs of diesel. And so that's part of the solutions. Now, you mentioned track record. It is interesting that we are also part of coalition governments. And yes, I'm sure you argue that some of them are quite unstable. But where we at the ACDP have been part of those governments, we have also managed to improve the energy provision, such as in Quebec and other areas. I think, of course, when you come to ESCOM, it is almost like an octopus with so many different tentacles impacting the, the challenges. And if I can touch on just one or two of the issues that I really believe would go a long way to improve on the whole issue of providing solutions, had we, of course provided the necessary maintenance for the power station i think that that would have gone a long way now at a certain stage when even running up to the 2010 soccer world cup it was keep the lights on at all costs don't worry about maintenance and we're not in with that challenge we've got a challenge of the financial bankruptcy at escom now, I've also, from the ACDP's perspective, there was a recent huge settlement internationally following the corruption at ESCOM. There's approximately two billion rand that was, has been paid across to South Africa from European companies. And I believe that some of that money should also go to ESCOM to help their, their cash flow problems. But in the short term, we now see a challenge because we've got a Minister of Electricity that has got no powers, and there's a turf war that has resulted in this between Minerals and Energy Minister Greg Mintashi, Public Enterprises Minister Pravin Godan, and, of course, the Minister of Electricity, Mr. Ramak Khoba So, this, we don't seem to see enough solutions immediately. Had what we had said in the past been implemented? Such as the renewable energy when we had the bid window 5 being implemented in 2019, that bid window of solar and wind should have added almost 2,000 megawatts to the grid. That should have been online already. But because of ideological opposition to the private sector coming on board, that has been delayed significantly
0: let, no, I mean, let me let me take let me take you yeah. uh, back to a statement you've made around uh, uh making more efficient um you know power available in Quebec where you are part of a local government what does that look like what does that mean for for me who's uh, living yeah. here in Johannesburg and don't understand what you've just said around you have helped create more efficient power um as a so solution in Quebec?
1: let me just explain uh, very briefly, and that was our uh, member of the mayoral council there. Now, we know Kobeja has got a number of motor industries there, and they were all threatening to leave Kobeja. These are international companies. And so what happened there was a discussion took place between the business sector and private communities. And it was agreed that where the business sector, where those factories are running, there'd be lower load shedding. But the counterpoint for that was the citizens would say, well, we are prepared then to suffer slightly higher load shedding to ensure that those factories do not close down. Now, you um, in Centurion recently had those pilots that fell down and Ford Motor Company and a lot of lost significantly. So it is a trade-off that took place there. We also see in the Western Cape, for example, where there is hydropower, that reduces the levels of load shedding. We see municipalities being able to, where they qualify, also generate and purchase power. So there are ways of reducing the load shedding levels, but it seems to be, and so that is just a small example of what the ACDP has done. But I think that it's almost critical situations, and my concern now, we're sitting today, what is a load, uh, number six, level six. Going into winter months, it's going to get even worse. And when we've got an election next year, the challenge is, even as others have said, that the power stations will be run so hard to try to reduce load shedding for political gain that after the elections, there'll be severe problems. So this is a massive challenge. It's a multifaceted challenge. I really, and I've encouraged the the ANC government, let's find solutions. It's easy to be opposition just to be critical, and yes, the citizens are fed up. They are absolutely, businesses have been devastated. I'm sure it impacts you. It impacts me as an MP. I don't, I struggle just as much with load shedding. I don't have uh, ministerial residences where many of them do not have load shedding, so I struggle as well. So, but there are, issues that we can address. And as I pointed out to you, we've got aging and underperforming power stations that have not been maintained. We've got low-grade coal. And that's the criminality aspect that must be pointed out. You've got design errors. You've got financial bankruptcy. Now the 240 billion rand that is going to be given from treasury under very strict conditions. But I think at the end of the day, there must be a political world to solve this problem very quickly. And my concern is you've got a minister of electricity now that does not have any power, as I indicated to you earlier.
0: Now, let's move on to other issues. We've looked at energy. It's a big issue. It affects, obviously, the economy. It affects our uh, daily living. It's affecting business um, and the whole of society. So it is very important. But there's also the issue that is an elephant in the room. And it's almost like South Africans have accepted it. And these are the protests, service delivery related protests that happen so sporadically and so often in our communities. How can these be addressed? Do you have solutions for these? Because, yes, well, yes you, are, you might not be a majority party right now in drooling in government, but you do have some power, like you say, in Qabeqa, to implement changes. So is there anything yes. that you can do in your immediate communities of influence?
1: Yes. One's got to look and first ascertain what is the cause for service delivery protests. And they are very legitimate. I travel widely through the country, and it breaks my heart to see raw sewerage in townships. It breaks my heart to see pit toilets where children are still drowning. It breaks my heart to see potholes and refuse piling up. I mean, I was in a a, a metro Blufentaine last week, and to see the, the refuge, yes, there are some areas that are being cleaned up there, but... It is unacceptable. It is totally unacceptable. So I totally understand service delivery protests. Sadly, there are incidents where it is accompanied by violence and, of course, destruction of property. But the frustration of citizens, I can quite understand. So where do we then, how do we resolve it? Well, one of the main challenges, and I know this is um, a, a, a political thing that most people say, but we have unqualified people in many positions. Let me just qualify that by saying there are many very good municipal workers that are very dedicated. But in many cases, you've got political appointments, catered deployment by the ANC of people that are incompetent and we have not got the necessary engineers, for example, that can ensure that infrastructure is is built and maintained. Water, sewerage, potholes, those are the issues. Now. What is the, one of the main challenges with our municipalities is financial unsustainability, and it's a multifaceted issue this. Firstly, we had one of the longest and hardest lockdowns in the world, which resulted in tens of thousands of businesses closing, which resulted in citizens not being able to pay rates and taxes. That impacted on the revenues of municipalities not being able to pay for services that is the first thing households were not able to pay and many municipalities are of course financially distressed you'd be interested to know that in 2010 only 66 municipalities were in financial distress the 2021-22 financial year 162 out of 257 were financially distressed so there's a major problem firstly with your human resources at municipalities, your councillors, your municipal officers that are not providing services. That is why service delivery protests often target the ward councillors and that. And sadly, uh, with violence, which we do not condone, we condemn that, but we understand the frustration. Secondly, the finances. Clearly, there's a problem with the financial structures for municipalities, and that is being looked at. I'm also on the Finance Committee at Parliament. But your rates and taxes are not being paid. And then, of course, you've got aging infrastructure, pipes that are breaking, sewerage that is breaking, pumps that are breaking. So what one needs there is one needs competent people that are properly resourced. And those those municipalities that are financially distressed need assistance from national treasury. And that is what we from the ACDP will do. We really believe that we need to employ the most competent people. And there are. There are many, many good engineers that we can address that. But I'm sure you'll agree, it is heartbreaking. And I do, as I say, indicate I've got an office in Bochabella Township outside the um, Free State. And it is is heartbreaking to see that. What we do need as well, and this, this is something that the ACDP stands for, is we need servant leaders. I do not travel around with a lot of blue light brigades, I travel alone. I travel with people with ACDP workers, when I go to Boccia de Bala Township, I go there alone. We need servant leaders, politicians, that do not lord it over the citizens. And we need stewardship of state resources. We need politicians, government officials, that understand that they need to look after the resources of the state, particularly the finances. It's not there to be stolen. It is there to be distributed for the people of the country. It is taxpayers' money. It is not owned by the ANC. And now, I think that as we implement these mm-hmm. policies, we can improve the lives of people.
0: Now, there's the other thing. I mean, when you're talking of ageing infrastructure, I just quickly want us to to, to really be honest and look at um, the spatial planning of our communities. Um, in areas where there are huge service delivery protests, it's usually in rural areas, underdeveloped township areas which are just outside of um, metropolitan cities where there's not enough spacing and those townships were not built for the population that they now house Um, and then there's also coupled with uh, informal settlements that have uh, uh, mushroomed almost everywhere in these communities and infrastructure that is obviously aging but the fact that when we are not addressing the planning um, of, 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 these, of these or the upgrading of these communities. And we are looking at infrastructure and also political will and so on and so forth. But the planning of these, then it, it feels like we are actually doing our communities in. It, it's almost like a talk shop that is never going to end. I don't know what your take is on that.
1: No, absolutely. I agree with that. And of course, we need to understand that we are an emerging democracy, and a lot of that planning is as a result of apartheid. I do accept that 100%. We, um, I think, former President Thabo Mbeki made it very clear: of the two nations that when you when you travel and you see townships and you see your more developed areas, um, and but I think that after almost 30 years, that as you can, as you indicated, that there is, there should be far better scope for improved planning, for improved infrastructure, um, when one looks at, for example, Cape Town, and you see the ravages of how people were moved from District Six, which is right in the middle of Cape Town, out to far areas, and um, Kyalite, um, Mitchell's Plain, and the transport challenges to get to places of employment. I think that that is a legacy of apartheid that still needs to be addressed, but I do think that far more could have been done to improve planning now. In this, in, from 1994, where at one stage we 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 have the resources, and I think that when one looks at the degree of corruption and theft that takes place with capital projects, and of course linked to that, you've got the construction mafia that prevents building uh, unless they get uh, a cut of this then one can understand why infrastructure improvement is not taking place quick enough. And that is indeed very sad. But I do want to just mention one thing, and that is the budget that was presented this year is a very interesting budget. And whilst most opposition parties, including the ACDP, were critical of a number of aspects, I think that it is reaching a positive level in as much as there is a degree of addressing the debt as well as providing for a degree of services given an extra 100 billion rand that was collected through commodity exports. Now, it's a slightly different issue, but it all gets back to what can government spend to improve infrastructure, to improve planning, and to improve service delivery. Had we transnet. This is another issue we've dealt with ESCOM. Transnet, had Transnet been operating optimally, we could have exported even more minerals and we could have had possibly another 50 billion rand to spend on infrastructure, which sadly we lost due to Transnet and problems on the Transnet line. So sadly, a lot of the issues are so intertwined when it comes to finances, when it comes to cater deployment, when it comes to corruption and crime, the one impacts the other. But I do want to just Patricia I've mentioned an encouraging word and that is last week we travelled with the Justice Committee. We traveled to Kimberley and we visited the High Court there and I was so impressed to see the standard of the court. We went to Colesburg, a little town and there was this court operating there dealing with sexual offences, crimes, dealing with there's a, a regional high court, and uh, I met the magistrate there, Mr. M- Ms. Mr. Ciccata. It was, it was so impressive to see every day that despite all the challenges we've got, that there are hardworking officials providing services, providing services to the people despite all the challenges we've got. So, yes, it's easy to be critical from the opposition side. We do need to find solutions. But I must just commend those officials that work under very, very difficult conditions every single day to provide services to the people. And it can improve dramatically. Absolutely. And
0: and I'm glad that you joined us uh, this morning. Thank you so very much uh, for giving us some solutions that you have and also for uh, giving a good shout out for those who are giving us good service delivery. Thank you very much, Honourable Steve. Thank
1: you, Professor. Thank you so much.